Exacto. Ladies and gentlemen, we are tonight. We are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. And Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? Look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for... The Rundown. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, episode 340. And because it is WrestleMania weekend, we have pulled out all the stops. We have reached out to every person who has ever been on the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, and it's me and Jason tonight. That's the most lackluster introduction I've ever gotten. I want to thank you very much for that. Yeah, hey. That's what I'm here for. It, well, is, the, it big... is the go home edition of the rundown, so everybody went the fuck home. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. And we've got a huge fucking show because we've got not one but two gigantic fucking events. And because we've got two gigantic fucking events, we're not going to deal with anything else except for those two gigantic fucking events. So let's talk about NXT Hurricane New Orleans. Wait, wait, wait. I, I thought we were going to start with Ring of Honor's Supercard of Honor. No, we're not. Fuck Ring of Honor. So I thought that we, but it's it's big event this weekend. Mm, no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Is it in New Orleans? It is actually. Oh, is it in the Superdome? It's not. Oh, then it but, doesn't matter. But neither is NXT. Nah, whatever. <laughs> actually, in all in all seriousness, there is the one big match that's sort of the the key point, and I'm not going to run through the whole Ring of Honor card, obviously, but it is where we are going to finally get the Kenny Omega versus Cody Rhodes match. Uh, a lot of anticipation leading up to this one. Uh, most of this angle is played out in New Japan, but the big blow-off match is taking place in Ring of Honor, which I found a little bit strange. Um, but it should be interesting, and I will say this. Uh, Cody Rhodes, probably more so than anyone has, that I can think of, has really elevated his stock on the indies. He's turned himself into one of the preeminent heels in the wrestling world outside of WWE including WWE, you could even make the case. Uh, Kenny Omega obviously has the following he has, but I don't think either one of them achieves sort of the level they achieve without having the other one to play off of. Omega was already there in Japan and with the New Japan crowd, but his profile has been raised in the United States by virtue of this view with Cody, and Cody's profile in Japan raised by working with Omega. So I'm looking forward to seeing this one. Yeah. Uh, I I recently uh, saw somebody's hot take on this uh, and said that Cody Rhodes is similar to when um, when Stone Cold Steve Austin left WCW and found himself in WWE, where he left WWE and has found himself on independence, um, has really been able to, you know, to to get over very well with the fans. He was already pretty over once he was on the independent circuit just because he's Cody Rhodes. Um, but yeah, the, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, he's able to continue to go out there and, and, 
you know, find himself while still getting a paycheck from WWE is pretty impressive. Yeah, and he's not he's not necessarily the last guy too. We've seen other guys go out, uh, leave the blanket of WWE, uh, go out, make a real big splash on the indies, and then come back. Like or EC3 is another great example of that. Um, Cassius, well, Kenny Omega for one. Cassius Ono, yeah, Kenny Omega in the developmental system at one point. For those who didn't know, um, but yeah, so that's it's becoming a trend. Wrestling is. For all the people that say wrestling is not as hot as the Attitude Era, I would argue wrestling right now is hotter than it was in the Attitude Era. Because in the Attitude Era, you had two companies and everything else was just sort of shit. Right now you're looking at, you've got uh, all over the place. You've got uh, you've got uh, Spolsky's, Gabe Spolsky's company there. Was it WNW, I think? Uh, you've got Ring of Honor. You've got TNA, for what it's worth. You've got Lucha Underground. You've got uh, just... Ring of a uh, New Japan. You have so many of these companies that are doing really well. Uh, I I guess I should maybe I shouldn't include Impact in there, but uh, mm-hmm. that are not national promotions. That are more regional promotions, uh, and they're all doing really really well. Wrestling is at the hottest point I can remember in my lifetime. Yeah, and you know people can can bring up the fact that you know the the ratings for WWE are down, but they also have to remember that it's a different landscape. Right. You're looking at you know people aren't you know tuning in, and and the whole Nielsen rating thing is kind of flawed to begin with because you know it only counts the people who are actually members of Nielsen, and it's not counting the different ways that people watch things. So it's not counting the fact that people watch things on you know essentially tape delay through their DVRs and things like that mm-hmm. or online or on Twitter or different things like that. So um, not to mention the fact that the, like you said, the audience is spread about spread around too. Right. You're starting to get people who, you know, there, there are, there are a lot more wrestling fans I feel like in the past, but they're not all WWE fans. You know, there are some people who don't watch WWE and will only watch our ROH or only watch New Japan, things like that. So, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you on that and and I think as well, I mean the the quality of the wrestling has definitely improved uh and the storytelling in wrestling as well. So Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, as we discuss other events prior to NXT, uh interesting. I don't know if you heard about this, but their d- Impact is doing uh a live show on Twitch over the course of WrestleCon uh with it, it's sort of like a Impact Wrestling versus Lucha Underground thing, where they're sort of merging the two companies and stars from both brands are sort of facing off with each other or teaming up with each other. Sort of an interesting concept uh, to bring these two promotions together. I know there is a lot of crossover in the talent, but I just found it really kind of cool to see something like that. Are we going to get a Johnny Mundo versus Johnny Impact match? I would love that. I think that would be great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or maybe we could get chubby tie of Valkyrie versus six pack tie of Valkyrie. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Now you're th- now you're thinking outside the box. There you go. So, anyways, uh, enough about that shit. Let's get to some wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that so, what we're talking about? No, no, we need to talk about actual wrestling. All right, so our uh, this is going to be our prediction show, obviously, because we are predicting uh, NXT Takeover as well as WrestleMania, starting with NXT Takeover in New Orleans. And in the course for, of these predictions, we'll probably give our thoughts on some stuff that did happen in the lead-up this week. So in lieu of exactly. the Perfect Ten, we'll sort of touch on all the key points as we run through the preview. That's true. And it, and it saves you some editing time because you don't have to enter in the Perfect Ten list. That's true. Maybe I will just for nostalgia purposes. There you go. So our first match, 
is an unsanctioned match, as Johnny Gargano will take on Tomas Ochampa. And if Gargo wins an unsanctioned match, he will get rehired. But if he loses said unsanctioned match, he will be drafted to 205 Live, you know, because fuck Andretti Cien Almas and all the work he did to get Johnny Gargano out of NXT. So tell me, how is an unsanctioned match able to have this stipulation? Shouldn't NXT be able to be like, well, it's an unsanctioned match, so we don't have to rehire you if you win. Well, it was William Regal that made it an unsanctioned match, so, you know, and made all the rules. And, you know, he's the commissioner, so that's just how it works. My bigger question is, who do you think is going to be the more over-Irish guy? Tomas Ochampa, Killian Dane, or Rick O'Shea? I'm curious. Hmm. I'm going with Rick O'Shea on that one. But, <laughs> you know... I don't know. It's it's hard because, you know, he's new. Awesome. Uh, so um, <laughs> I was able to get I, I was not able to secure any of these assholes for the show, but I was able to get Adam and Sal's picks for these. So me, Adam and Sal have all picked Johnny Gargle My Balls Gargano to win this one. Jason, who have you chosen? Yeah, I think you got to go with Johnny Gargano. I don't think there's a spot to move him up just yet unless it's in. 205 and i really don't want it to be so i'm gonna go with johnny gargano but i will say this and perhaps somewhat due to the unfortunate injury uh to tomaso but this is probably the match i am most looking forward to the entire fucking weekend uh this is the six person ladder match i don't know which one but this feud has been the story has been told beautifully just from the very fucking beginning you go back to that match with the Authors of Pain, the ladder match with, with DIY, and, and the moments contained within that match. Johnny Gargano shoving Tommaso out of the way of the ladder and taking the shot himself, saving his best friend, only to have said best friend absolutely destroy him post-match and break up the team. Then, you know, in the process of that attack, gets suffers an injury, is out for an extended period of time. Gargano goes on his tear, uh, has perhaps a match of the year with Andrade Cien Almas. It's certainly right up there if it isn't the winning of, winner for match of the year. Um, where Tommaso attacks him after the fact. Then another outstanding match between Gargano and Almas is interfere. Tommaso interferes, costs Gargano his career. Gargano attacks him. They've played this out beautifully on social media with, you know, Tommaso arriving for work and Johnny attacking him in the parking lot. Johnny going to his house at 3 a.m. They have told this story as beautifully as you can tell a wrestling story without being hokey, without being campy. They've told a story of best friends, a, a relationship that is broken, people who are hostile, people who have visceral, visceral hatred for each other. This is old school wrestling programming, and this is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, this is, you know... Um, we talked a lot, obviously, you know, about the, the Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho kind of festival friendship turn. Uh, but this one here definitely, I feel like, um, is, is going to close out as being the better complete story yeah. because and, the, and the Owens of, and Jericho one did kind of fizzle out towards the end. And it did get campy and hokey in spots. And I think that's the difference between the two for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This one has, has been 100%, you know, just, just, 
emotion involved with it. Not not so much just like the let's make some jokes about it, you know? Yeah, emotion. That's a great word. I didn't even I didn't even think to use that. That's a perfect the perfect way to sum it up. Yeah. All right, moving right along, we have for the brand new NXT North American Championship. Adam Cole, bye bye. EC3, Killian Dane, Lars Sullivan, Rick O'Shea, and the Velveteen Dream. This In. is okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I had that long pause. I figured you were waiting for me to say something. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This. This is just. Uh, you know, Lars Sullivan aside, is a stacked fucking match. And Lars Sullivan is over. So he's he's yeah. sort of the Braun Strowman of NXT. He's over with that crowd. Right. So, um, asshole Adam has chosen Adam Colbebe to be the first North American champion. Shitsack Sal has chosen EC3 to be the North American champion. I have chosen the Velveteen Dream to finally get rewarded for the time he has put in. Who do you think will win the North American Championship? Well, I guess we're all going to go different routes on this one because I'm going to go Ricochet. I think you don't debut a guy like that and have him lose this this type of match. I think they're going to build this title around Ricochet. Um, I think he he sort of made his in-ring debut. He had a little backstage segment where, uh, oh, God, what's her name? Kathy wanted to, was eye-banging him uh, as he came out of the locker room. But this week he came out and just made his entrance into the ring. Didn't get physical. He did at the tapings, but for purposes of TV, they cut it off before the physicality began. Um, I don't know if any of them wants to win, because this is one of the uglier fucking belts I've seen designed in a while. (laughs) And actually, I shouldn't even say that, because ironically, the belt design itself is not horrible. It's the fucking strap, because it's just way oversized for a wrestling belt. It looks almost like one of the old boxing belts, where it's just like giant leather all around with little with with a faceplate and it's just i find it gross um but this yeah is, i yeah I'm, I'm with you i felt that the faceplate was was good but yeah the issue there is the fact that they went they went a little too old school yeah. because yeah that's and that's the brown not. leather doesn't do anything for me either right um but yeah as far as this match this is again like i said it's either it's either the uh, diy breakup or this match that I am most looking forward to this week, and I think this is going to be off the charts special. I think this is a match people will be talking about for a very, very long time. Uh, the company apparently feels so strongly about this, or at least Triple H does, that uh, he talked them out of having The Miz, Rollins, and Balor be a ladder match at WrestleMania. He said, apparently told them, you don't want to have those guys go on after these guys at NXT. It will make it look worse. Um, so absolutely can't wait to see this. I think there's a ton of compelling stories. I almost guarantee Killian Dane is going to do a crazy spot off the ladders. We're going to see all sorts of insane shit from Ricochet. This is going to be one you're going to remember for a long time. Uh, Ricochet is my pick. If I had to go with who I would love to see, I'd love to see Velveteen Dream get it. Because uh, I think he's put in the work. I think he is a future star. I think I could see this guy as a heavyweight champion down the road. Uh, I'm just glad NXT is finally giving us a secondary title so that guys of the caliber of the guys in this match who aren't in the world title program have something else to go for. Exactly. And it's been something that they've needed for quite a while, actually, because you know there was there was so many times that there, there are guys who never won titles in NXT because of the fact that the guy on top just wasn't going to be dethroned by them, but they definitely deserve to have some kind of recognition for their time there. Right. 
Uh, I'm, you know, he was looking at you, Sami Zayn, other than his little tiny run with the NXT title belt. Uh, so, Ty Dillinger. Yeah. Ty Dillinger Ty... would have been a great mid-card guy. Tyler, yeah. uh, Tyler Breeze would have been a great mid-card champion guy. That's true. I mean, the, the up and down the road, and, and I sort of feel like maybe a mid-card championship would have even helped those guys once they got to the main roster, giving them a little more credibility as having shown the ability to carry a championship. So I think this right. is going to be great for all the talent down there. Perfect. All right, moving right along, we have uh, the NXT Tag Team Championships are on the line, as well as the finals of the Goldust Classic. They decided to roll them into one. That's, that's, as, sorry, sorry, wrong, wrong roads. That's the Dusty Roads Classic. Oh, oh, sorry, the Cody Rhodes Classic. As <laughs> no, no, the, no, 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 Dusty, oh, the, the, the Patriot. Dusty. Okay, yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, the Dusty Roads Classic. Uh, the Undisputed Era minus one fish plus one baby. As uh, Bobby Fish had a little bit of an injury, and so Adam Cole is pulling double fucking duty. Hopefully, he does this match first. <laughs> Have they made that official? Is that or I, I heard Undisputed Era would defend the title. I didn't know. Did they officially say it will be Adam Cole? I thought it was going to be a great spot to introduce a new member. Um, I don't know who you would even introduce at that point, but oh, I have an idea. Oh yeah, yeah. And who is that? That would be Dijak. Oh, there you go. Guy has ties to to Ring of Honor with them, so. Uh, let me look. Uh, while I'm doing that, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us who you think is going to win this? Well, first off, I really sort of hope that it's not the uh, Undisputed Era because they didn't have any fucking matches in the Dusty Rhodes Classic, so for them to get to win the whole fucking thing with winning one match seems like it would be a little bit unfair. Uh, I guess my pick on this one, I don't think they're going to put the titles on the Office of Pain because I think they are uh, not long for the NXT roster. I'm pretty sure they're going to be called up post-mania. Uh, so I'm going to go with, surprising me, uh, I'm going to go with Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong as sort of a transitional uh, champion. I, I don't think they'll hold the belts for very long. I think probably Undisputed Era will get them back very quickly, but I don't think they want... Uh, Adam Cole tied up in a tag team situation, and I don't think Fish is going to be back for a few months, so this gives them somebody to put the titles on, and, uh, you know, we could set up for a war machine when they show up, but uh, uh, for just this match, for just this weekend, I'm going to go with uh, Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. Uh, And Sal also picked Dunn-Dicked, and me and Adam are going with the Undisputed Era on this one to retain, Um, so Adam apparently is going with Complete Domination, by a team that has barely won anything, the Undisputed Era. <laughs> As he also picked out and called Bebe to be the North American champion, and I guess one half of the tag team champions. Uh, so I'm having a little trouble trying to figure out where they even list who's what what is on the uh, on the card here on WWE.com. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I'm pulling that off of uh, Hookipedia, which obviously you know anyone can edit. So. But, yeah, I don't know if they have announced that or not, or because that would kind of make it that they'd have to freebird it then. The well, that's what they're doing anyway, right? If it's, if it's Adam Cole, they're still freebirding it. Yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, maybe if my computer ever starts working. But, anyway. Well, why don't you vamp and I'll look it up on mine. All right. The following program is brought to you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. So, the, <laughs> um, it, like I said, if if that is the case that Adam Colbebe is going to be pulling double duty, they really need to make sure that he does the tag team match first 
because the, he will probably be out of commission at the end of the North American Championship match because that one's going to be a little uh, a little painful for everyone involved, I feel. But, All right, uh, well, they do have Adam Cole on the graphics image for the tag team match holding so the belt, yeah. so apparently it is going to be him. Yeah, there you go. All right. So Adam, so Adam Cole, despite the fact that he has never won a match in NXT, is the tag team champion. And and see, this is the thing. I can't envision a scenario where he goes into this match and then they put him over in the in the ladder match as well. Uh, it just seems to me like that's going to be his out for losing the ladder match for not winning it, uh, and could set up a few potential feud with the winner. You know, Ricochet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't. Adam Cole to me always kind of feels like a. Uh, he feels a lot like what Andrade Cianalmas once was when he first came in, where he was just a great hand that would be able to put some guys over, um, but they're not going to put any titles on him. So I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I do see Adam Cole as being in line for the NXT Championship in very, very short order, um, because he's he's more over. I mean, Cianalmas wasn't over when he started. Very few yeah. people knew his past. Very few people knew who he was. You go back to watch Brooklyn when Adam Cole debuted. I mean, this is not a comparable situation. But keep in mind, we're also going to have um, Drew McIntyre returning at some point, you would think, soon, too. That's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Plus, you know, we've got the, the new kind of crop of guys. I mean, a lot of the guys that are in the North American Championship you know, ladder match are guys that will most likely be in the main event pretty soon here. So. Yeah. Um, but moving right along, we've got the NXT Women's Championship as Ember Moon yet again defends against Shayna Baszler. Baszler. <laughs> I do it just to make you mad. I, I know you do. It's like Sal yeah. saying Rowdy Rowdy Piper. It makes me turn, yeah, I'm turn I turn off his fucking show every time he does it. So he's just yeah. I'm, I'm not listening anymore. Uh, no. no, but uh, yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. I'm going to go with the uh, popular opinion in our in terms of our host group. I'm going to go with Shayna Baszler here. Uh, logic being very simply that uh, I look down the line at future challengers and I can see Kyrie Sane uh, matched up for a spot with Baszler. I don't see anybody matched up with Ember Moon. I don't see another heel that's quite ready to, to get to that level. And I have a strong feeling Ember Moon's not long for this roster either. Um, so I'm going to go with Shayna Baszler here. I think this has been another one that the storytelling in this has been really, really well done. Um, you've really done a great job in a short period of time of building Baszler to be sort of a monster heel. Uh, she, her catchphrase of you, you tap, you nap, or I snap is fucking great. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that she sort of run roughshod over people and taunted Ember Moon and called Ember Moon out. The, the fight in the performance center. I think they've told a great story with these two girls. I thought their last match was really excellent, uh, really felt believable and real and authentic. Uh, I, f- I feel like this, they, they've portrayed, a, they've done a great job portraying hatred between these two. Uh, I'm really into this, and I think they're going to have a phenomenal match this show. Yeah, uh, not to mention the fact that, you know, they even though this is the second time they face each other, they, made, they have made it so much so that uh ba- Bassler was able to kind of say hey you Fuck know you. i mean <laughs> uh they definitely made it where Ember Moon did not handily defeat Shayna Baszler and so them having another match you know where Ember Moon just kind of squeaked out a win 
uh, makes it perfectly fine, and and it does do a build because otherwise, we we were kind of worried that if if Ember Moon was going to be able to defeat her, that you know for the first time that maybe there wouldn't be a reason for a second match. But they've definitely done a good job on building this one up right. to make it you know make it important. Um, sadly, the, this card is a little bit too stacked for this match to be anything other than. It's it's it'll be good, but I think it's going to be one of those ones that might be for, be lost in a shuffle with a lot of the other matches going on. So yeah, I mean, I'm looking up and down this card. Well, first off, before we before I get to that, um, I also want to point out, and I think you, you sort of touched on it there. Their previous match was also outstanding in terms of storytelling because they portrayed Baszler as this just dominant force, and Ember's victory was very flukish, um, mm-hmm. and they gave. Shayna the perfect out uh, for feeling like she should won that match. Um, so I think they did a really good job in building that and lent itself really well to continuing the feud to this event. Um, and to your point, looking up and down this card, it, it is. It, I got to think we're going to open with the tag title match. That seems the most likely. Right. Um, but, you know... It, if I'm if there's no other matches, if we're just looking at these five, and that is traditionally what Takeover does is five matches, mm-hmm. I, I think you almost go tag titles, women's title, uh, North American title, and, and I only put the women's title in there to sort of give some separation for Adam right. Cole, because uh, <laughs> I can't see you doing Gargano anything more than pre-main. And right. Do you see for me? If I'm booking this show, I might even go Gargano and Ciampa in the main spot. Um, I know Man, Triple H I... is old school, and I know he likes the the heavyweight championship on last, uh, but there's no match on this show that is more anticipated than Gargano and Ciampa. And regardless of the spot it's in on the show, to me, that's going to be the main event. No disrespect meant to anybody else. I would just put it there. Well, and that's the thing is that... it. No amount of build for Almas Black was going to top Gargano Champa. Right. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I think that Gargano and Champa should be the main event. Do I think it's going to be? Probably not. Uh, but like, but that's for the See, reasons I, that you laid out there. I think but you it, run the risk of a dead crowd in your championship match if you put them if you tell them they have to go on after Gargano and Champa. Yeah, and and obviously this. You know, this is Aleister Black's first opportunity at the belt, and he is kind of the—he's going to be the Finn Balor of NXT, I feel, for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's—you—you you do kind of want to coordinate him, but this having Gargano and Champa kind of hurts his chances yeah. of it being like a of being the lasting image from the show. Well, and if it's unsanctioned, doesn't it sort of have to go on at the end? You would think so. Yeah, or first. It's got to be first or last because it's gonna, well, all, it, all these uh, sanctioned matches would have to take place first, I would think. Or, you know, I mean, in in the middle of, you know, the North American Championship, all of a sudden Champ and Gagarna come <laughs> out and start fighting. It's unsanctioned, man. It doesn't have to come out at a certain time. They can just start whenever they want to. Yeah, there you go. I just so. hope I just hope for the, for, for the sake of everybody that they don't make Candice LeRae wear a Johnny Gargano shirt and support her husband. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I just certainly Easy. hope they don't do that. Easy. I I um I was going to say say something um regarding the most recent episode of of What's NXT, but they haven't had one because they <laughs> so here we are every week and our our rivals are nowhere to be found. Uh so I don't think our rivals know there are rivals either though. No, I, so. I don't. I don't. 
Speaking of rivalries that nobody really knows about, Andrade Cien Almas will take on <laughs> Aleister Black for the NXT Championship. Um, this one and the Gargano and Ciampa match are seem to be the only slam dunks, I feel, uh, unless you decided to go against what the rest of us have said, saying that Aleister Black will be the new NXT champion here. See, I do think Aleister Black is going to be the NXT champion. The only question for me is if it's going to be at this event or the next takeover, because it wouldn't shock me because it's so overwhelmingly obvious to everybody that Aleister Black's the next guy that it just I could totally see a scenario where they just for the hell of the shock value booked Almas to win and then Aleister Black comes back and wins it, you know, at the next takeover. I, I'm not gonna bet money on that sort of hypothesis, so if I'm I'm gonna go with the the better bet in this scenario, which to me is Aleister Black. Um, but again, this is another one I think they've it doesn't have the same build as Gargano and Ciampa. The build for this hasn't quite been there for me. Um, Black won a match against Killian Dane, who I didn't even know until 10 minutes ago had interest in the NXT Championship because there was no story there. Black's really faced no adversity in NXT. Uh, so the closest thing we have to adversity for Aleister Black at this point has been a couple weeks ago, Almas beat him down in the parking lot. Um, I, I don't know. This this doesn't. I think this is going to be a great match because of the two guys that are working in the match. Um, but in terms of build, in terms of story, this one is way down on this card for me, um, even more so than the North American Championship, which has two guys who we haven't even seen wrestle in NXT yet. Um, right. But I just think this was not as good storytelling as some of the other matches on the show. I think the match will be amazing. And, and again, if this is the end of the NXT championship run of Andrade Cien Almas, allow me to once again congratulate this guy for one of the biggest and best turnarounds of any wrestler I've ever seen. Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, typically we save the, the, the poor storytelling for the for the main card. Uh, you know, WrestleMania, we're going to get to a lot of really poor, poor storytelling and builds for these matches in a little bit here. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, that this one is not, I mean, if, if, if you were booking the show based, based on, you know, how much people want to see the things, this would be the show that opens it. This would be the match that opens the show. I, I wouldn't because, go that far because Alistair Black is still incredibly over. People still I'm not, want to see Oh, him. he's, he's over, but so is there, but there is at least one or two people in every one of these matches that are super fucking over. So, sure, but I wouldn't, I would not make the case that you would put like the women above this match. I don't, and, oh, and I'm looking forward to the women's match, but I don't think it's on that level. Yeah. I, I feel you on that. So, or the uh, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, you know, we are, we are obviously going with Alistair Black being the new, the newcomer and obviously Andrade Cien Almas would be a good fit for two of five lab, especially with what they're doing on that show now. And if you bring him and Zelina Vega up to there after this one, I think that would be a good addition to it and definitely kind of put more eyes on the program yet again. Yeah. Uh, but we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens um, because Almas definitely is a guy that could still stick around NXT for a while and continue to be, continue this, this feud, you know, maybe even have them go back and forth with the title, you know, just to give Aleister Black a little something other than just crowning him because he hasn't lost any momentum since he started, so... Unless you have anything else to say, I guess we can move right along to... Do, do we have any guesses for uh, somebody sitting in the crowd at TakeOver? Because that's become sort of a tradition. Do we? Is there anybody off the top of your head you think we might get in that spot? Ooh, um, 
I don't. I mean, we haven't really heard anyone signing. So. Well, we hadn't heard of Drew McIntyre signing either. The first time we got any inkling of that, or EC3 for that matter, was when they appeared in the crowd at Takeover. Yeah, that's true. Um, boy, I mean, the, the, pretty much everyone that they've <laughs> that they've had as is uh, debuted or been or is on the show. So. Um, obviously, you know, War Machine is not on there, but they were on the last takeover as right. in the crowd. So, um, boy, the only one I could maybe think of. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't really have a guess on that one unless you if you've got one. Go I, could, for it. I could see a guy who I know is working in New Orleans this weekend uh, and that I know has had. A certain degree of, of conversation, at least with WWE, that I could potentially see with, is a guy like Keith Lee. Um, I know he's working the uh, Evolve show down there. Um, so I, I could see that. He's a guy I think would do really well in NXT. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, that's the only one that off the top of my head immediately jumps into mind. How about Bobby Lashley? Do you think they would put him down in NXT, though? I, he just seems destined and... and ticketed for the main event main card i mean he's been on the main roster before i don't know i mean it'd be kind of interesting you're talking about a former or, ecw champion troy oh i know i know i know well he's also also donald trump's man so right i mean this is yeah. a guy who's been a co-main eventer at wrestlemania i don't know that you put him down on the next day that's true that's true i suppose so um yeah other than that i mean page van zant maybe maybe I mean that that'd be at least somebody, and obviously you know you can make that connection there. Uh, other than that, I mean, like I said, I haven't really heard um, of of anybody that's even on the radar. So, um, but yeah, even Kenny Omega. Finish, uh, no, finish this off with Cody, and then just no. The New Japan contracts don't expire till till uh, January. So, yes. um, maybe Cody makes his return. In no, no, no. When they decide to put Cody Rhodes back on on air, um, it's definitely going to be it's definitely going to be on the main roster. So I just have this feeling that at some point down the road we're going to get like a full on Bullet Club invasion of NXT. And That'd I, be fun. I'm there for that if that's what if that happens. But I could totally see the Young Bucks, the fucking Adam Page. Who, by the way, if you haven't seen Adam Page work lately, go watch this fucking guy. Um, he's really, really impressed me over the last year or so. He his game has has been just off the charts. His personality's come out more as a guy that could be a star in the future. And speaking of outstanding things, and, and I know we're gonna get to WrestleMania in a moment, but this it's not on the rundown. It's not has does has nothing to do with WrestleMania weekend. But I just want to give a hats off to uh, Will Ospreay and Marty Skrull, who at the last NX and NXT, I'm sorry, New Japan show put on. An amazing match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. If you haven't seen this match, go watch it. I have never been a huge Marty Skrull fan uh, in terms of his work. I love his personality, but his work in the ring uh, has always been good, but just hasn't been compelling to me. Uh, he came across like a star in that one, and he's he's also going to be headlining the Ring of Honor show against Dalton Castle. Uh, so, you know, just want to give a tip of the hat to those guys because they did an amazing job. Okay. There you go. All right. God, I hate this website. <laughs> Fuck you, Sportskedia. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you were on chickswithdicks.com. Uh, no, I love that website. <laughs> All right. 
the uh, the the main show this weekend, the one that everyone's going to be talking about, WWE WrestleMania 34. From oh, is that this Dome. weekend? That's this weekend, yeah. Oh shit! And is there anything going on? Uh, no, not really. Uh, on the pre-show, yet again, the Androphy the Giant Battle Royale will take place. <sighs> and here is a list of confirmed entrants. Obviously, we don't know how many people are actually going to be in it, but we've got Dash Dawson, former Androphy the Giant winner Corbin, former Androphy the Giant winner Mojo Rawley, Ty Dillinger, Matt Hardy, Dolph Ziggler, Fandango, Tyler Breeze, Goldust, Heath Slater, Rhino, Zack Ryder, and Primo Cologne for some reason. <laughs> Uh, obviously, like I said, there'll probably be an NXT guy in there. Maybe they'll they'll throw like one of their uh, new new signings from India in there, or you know, a couple other fucking guys that they couldn't find. I'm sure Kurt Hawkins will be in there and be the first person out. Uh, so um, Sal has chosen Elias to win this one. Uh, he has not obviously been announced yet as a person who's going to be in this one, but he's got nothing else really to do, so maybe he'll be in it. Um, I have decided to choose Dolph Ziggler because you don't walk out on WWE and sign a big contract for them to do nothing for you. Uh, and Adam has chosen Primo Cologne. So who do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> who do you feel wins the Angel for the Giant Battle Royale, and then will probably be in it next year? I, I'm, I mean, I'm going with the field. I'm not necessarily. I, I think it's going to be somebody other than the announced talent. Um, and I'll get to that in a second. But I, I got to tell you, watching TV this week, I continue to laugh my balls off every time the announcers talk about we've seen what this winning this battle royal has done for talent in the past. And I'm like, really? Go ask Mojo fucking Raleigh what winning this thing did for him last year. That's How about true. Cesaro? What the fuck did it do for him? How, He's the tag team champion now. Two fucking years later, yeah. I mean, like, what the fuck? It, this has done nothing for anybody. This has been a bullshit thing that nobody cares about. There's no actual stakes attached to it. There's not. You get a fucking trophy that looks that looks like it's made out of cheese instead of gold. It's fucking awful. Um, Baron Corbin turned it into a U.S. title reign. This thing, uh, no, no, he didn't. No, 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 because that was several, several months later. Um, but th this is one of those things that unless and until you attach stakes and make it for something and make it mean something, it's just fucking fodder to get everybody on the show. If I have to pick somebody, I'm going to go with fucking Big Show so they can play up the whole. So He, can he already make, won it once. He can make his return and they can play up that he's the only two-time winner. Okay. All right, uh, then joining the Andrew for the Giant Battle Royale on the pre-show, the Fallopian 2 Battle Royale will also be on there as the list of people involved in this one is Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Naomi, Liv Morgan, Natalia, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, Bailey, Lana, uh, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Mickey James, and Carmella, and probably throw in a couple extra ones there. Uh, Sal has chosen to have uh, Sasha Banks win after eliminating Bailey. Um, Adam has chosen Becky Lynch to win, but he doesn't care. I have actually decided to go with Ember Moon as her main roster call-up. Interesting. Who does the big stick choose? Ah, uh, I you know another match that with no stakes really doesn't mean as much as it probably should. So I'm going to go with the Big Show so he can say he's the first one to win both battle royals in the same night. Okay. No, actually, <laughs> no, I'm going to go. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna, jeez, I, I guess I'm gonna, and this is always a recipe for disaster. I'm gonna go. You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go. Just to mix it up, I'm gonna go Bailey, 
and say that post-match, Sasha goes to fake like she's going to shake her hand and then just beats the shit out of her. All right. Did you start typing James Ellsworth there? Yes, I did. (laughs) All right. And finally, the last match that we have announced for the pre-show is the Cruiserweight Championship match as Cedric Alexander takes on Mustafa Ali for the vacant Cruiserweight Championship. Give me who you think is going to win this one. Well, uh, if there's anything we learned from Triple H a long time ago, it's that people like Cedric Alexander don't win the big one. They don't get to be champions, right? Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, Cedric Alexander. I've said since day one, this guy's been the most underrated, underutilized piece of talent they've had on that 205 Live roster. They finally started to showcase him to make him the centerpiece, which is exactly what he should have been all along. Instead, they fucked around with Enzo Amore and TJ Perkins. Um, this is this is what it should be. This match is going to be outstanding. These two are going to just do all sorts of shit that's going to blow your mind. Um, Mustafa Ali has has really fucking raised his stock recently. He's been outstanding. His promo work, if you watch the stuff on YouTube and, and the WWE.com, has just been off the charts. Not that you would know it because they barely ever show them on 205 Live, but mm-hmm. uh, they've been outstanding. My biggest issue is I watched 205 Live this week, and these guys weren't even fucking live on the show. There was just a couple quick pre-tapes at the end. Yeah. Um, which I don't get. This is supposed to be the crowning moment for this brand. This is the big culmination of this tournament. This is the moment at WrestleMania that everybody's been fighting for, and the talent that's in the match is barely showcased That on the go-home. That made no fucking sense to me. Uh, what I will say, since we're, on, since we're not talking about 205 Live and we are talking about the Cruiserweights at the moment, allow me to tip my fucking hat to Buddy Murphy because he went out once again this week and had a fucking blow-away match. Um... It just sort of amazes me that they had this guy down in NXT and just didn't know what to do with him because right now he looks like a goddamn stud on 205 Live. Yeah, plus he gets to fuck Alexa Bliss. Not anymore. They broke up. Well, I guess he gets to fuck his hand then. Um, yeah, so me and Adam both joining you in, in saying that Cedric Alexander wins. Sal saying Mufasa Ali wins. So That's just a racial thing, though. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he has shown his love for Mufasa in the past, so... <laughs> All right, and the main card will be in no particular order uh, because they have not announced an order. Uh, But you can go ahead and speculate as you will throughout this. Uh, But we're going to start things off here with Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Now, with the caveat that if Owens and Zayn win, they are rehired. If they do not win, they, I guess, get to go back to PWG. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the same fucking storyline that Gargano and Ciampa are doing without all the build. Right. Okay, just checking. Um, so I think we're all going to be in agreement here that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are going to win this fucking thing because they need to get their jobs back. So that's the only thing that makes Well, sense. it was so fucking dumb for them to put that stipulation in there because it, it makes it so that it's like, okay, well, yeah, obviously we know what's going to happen. It's like um, they, it's like putting Asuka's streak in the Mixed Match Challenge. Mm, yeah, there you go. Go figure. Um, this has had a really nice build. I have enjoyed it. Obviously, it's going to be the feel-good moment of the show with Daniel Bryan returning to the ring. Uh, it's it's spiked sales. They weren't going to sell out, and then Daniel Bryan announced his return, and you know, all of a sudden they're selling out the building. Um, to me, there's only one way this ends, and it's with either Daniel turning on Shane or Shane turning on Daniel. Yeah, and pretty much. I don't know which way they're going to go in that regard, but one of those two has to happen. Um, 
I don't think you bring Daniel back and turn him heel right away. Stranger things have happened, but Mm -hmm. Shane McMahon stepping down sort of takes away the evil authority figure aspect of it. So I'm really kind of on the fence. I guess I'm going to say Shane turns on Daniel Bryan, uh, you know, says, I tried to tell you all along, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn win the match. See, and I'm actually going with Daniel Bryan um, going Hollywood Hogan here and joining up with the two bad guys to form a new NWO on on SmackDown with him, Owens, and Zayn. And uh, obviously he would be leaving, you know, because obviously they're going to be getting rid of him as a GM, so they need a new one. And, you know, obviously Shane will most likely take SmackDown over again. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going out with actually Daniel Bryan turning heel because they don't want him to be over anymore. But that's the thing. Even as a heel, he's going to be over. Oh, he will be. For so sure. if you're going to get that kind of reaction, you might as well leave him as a face. Not to mention you have built-in feuds with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, whereas if you put them all together, yeah, you got Nakamura and you got AJ, and those matches will be phenomenal, no pun intended. But, oh. you know, it, it doesn't, to me, have the same sort of – you sort of limit the opponents, I guess is the best way to say. Right on. All right. And uh, the next match I've got on my little rundown here is Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey. Against that's, uh, that's, I'm sorry, that's Ronda Rowdy? Yeah. Ronda as, Rowdy. As Kurt referred Ra- to her on live fucking television this week? That's that's true. Because you know, why the fuck would you want to get the name right of the super celebrity that's bringing in buy rates for your pay-per-view? Mm-hmm. Might as well fucking call her Ronda Rowdy. Yep. So, Rowdy Rowdy Rondy. Uh, <laughs> we'll take on Triple H and Stephanie. Uh, and I actually felt that um, this... This most recent segment with them was probably their best. Still wasn't great, but at least it was something. Um, Rousey fucked up her only good line that she had in it, which kind of sucked. Um, and I don't think she fucked it up so much as she put a dramatic pause and the crowd sort of bit on it early. Yeah, I, I, I think that was that was not that bad. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Stephanie get you know getting a little little shine back on her by putting Rousey through a table. At least made it a little bit believable that they've got a chance. We know they have no chance. We know that Triple H and Stephanie are putting Ronda Rousey over. And sadly, they have to put Kurt Angle over. The other sad part is the fact that they haven't brought up the fact that Kurt Angle totally fucked Stephanie McMahon back in the day. <laughs> and but and, and built that into the feud. Uh, he <laughs> it's, did. It's been, he just had a crush on her. They never actually consummated. Yeah, but it's been 100% about Ronda Rousey. It hasn't at all been about the fact that Kurt and Triple H and Stephanie had a love triangle back in the Attitude Era. Yeah, well, they could have they could have incorporated that. Yeah. Um, yeah, this has been another example of of what could have been great storytelling, just not. Uh, I talked about being upset that they had Ronda get her heat on Stephanie weeks ago. Um, I was fine with Stephanie getting her heat back this week because I think he sort of had to have that happen going into the pay per view. Um, that said, I thought the segment this week was really sort of hard to watch. Everybody was just sort of all over the place. There was no real structure to it. And then, like, boom, all of a sudden. And Ronda's fucking choking out fucking Triple H like she's the Undertaker. Now, mm-hmm. I know Ronda's a badass, but Triple H is like 275 of rock hard fucking muscle. 
Yeah. I, I as badass as Rhonda is, I gotta think she's not choking out Triple H like that. It sort of killed the whole thing for me. And then the horrible table spot. It just to me this was a bad, bad, bad build. I'm hoping I'm gonna be surprisingly impressed with Rhonda in the ring, but I'm not I'm not really there. I'm still still pretty skeptical about this thing. Yeah, that's kind of the thing that sucks about it. But we will definitely find out. Um, this uh, you'll notice that I didn't have anyone's picks because nobody thinks that Triple H is definitely going to win this match. I already put <laughs> yours, on, yours on there. Um, all right, this next match it would not, not at all shock me for the record. I'm going to pick Angle and Rousey, but it would not at all for the record shock me if Triple H pins Kurt Angle in this match. <laughs> That's true. Triple That's H has true. lost a lot at WrestleMania lately, mm-hmm. and I could totally see him wanting wanting a win here. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have he doesn't have a decrepit fifty year old man to beat up this time. Yeah, if it were not Ronda Rousey and you didn't want that image of Rousey tapping Stephanie to the armbar, mm-hmm. I'd be absolutely convinced Triple H was going to beat Kurt Angle here. But given that, I, that's the only reason I'm going with Rousey and Angle. There you go. Uh, and the next match, I don't know if it's actually going to happen or not. That's, that's not that this isn't a thing. <laughs> you don't even want to pick it. I, I watched Raw this week. This isn't a thing. Well, if you if you didn't catch catch Monday Night Raw, John Cena came out and yet again called out the Undertaker, and after a dramatic pause, you done it now, you going nope, to nope, nope, oh, I, nope. I, 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 nope, nope, that did not happen. Nope. Wait, so you're telling me that no, that big WrestleMania sign, a lightning bolt hit it and it caught on fire, and it was a. Uh... Oh wait, no, that didn't happen. Either. Oh wait, no, that no. didn't happen either. Uh, so you mean to tell me that uh, this this match that, by the way, is not a match that has not been announced, um, that has had John Cena do the entire build for, the last opportunity that they had to have the Undertaker show up and actually build some heat for it, he didn't show. No. So, um, I, look, look, yeah, I think we all know this is fucking happening. I will say, I think this is going to lend itself to some really entertaining fucking segments of John Cena out in the crowd. You know, yeah. sort of sitting with the crowd because he's going as a fan now, people. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I think that's going to be sort of entertaining. And then at some point, the Undertaker will come out to Kid Rock will play American Badass and Taker Biker Taker will roll out, uh, which fuck you all is still the best version of the Undertaker. Um, I'm gonna go with Cena to win just to be contrarian here. Um, contrarian? I go. I'm going okay. with Cena to win. Yeah. Well, <laughs> everyone else isn't. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see any value to the Undertaker winning. He's not going to be here going forward. They've told a lot of Cena can't win in a go leading mm-hmm. into this. Um, and who the fuck's the other S? <laughs> gotcha. Okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> always kicking assholes ass. Um, yeah, that's right. But yeah, I, I don't. And, you know, we all know the proud tradition in this business. You go out on your back. Uh, and, you know, Undertaker to me. Although I could very easily see Undertaker winning his last match at WrestleMania just sort of in honor of all of his WrestleMania accomplishments. Uh, but I don't think that gives you much to do with Cena since everybody's been beating him lately. I think he sort of needs a win back. Uh, the, the issue as well here is that Undertaker did go out on his back. He lost to Roman Reigns last year. No, no, no. He no, 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 that was Dead Man Taker. It's a different oh, that's guy. Right. That's right. Different that's guy. Yep. Yeah, Booger Red. Hasn't lost. That's right. Uh, and yeah, I but he, believe... Yeah, hold on, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. We just fucking solved it. Biker Taker is still undefeated in Mania. That's true. He's still never fucking lost. Mm-hmm. That dead man asshole, he's lost twice. Fuck him. But yeah. Biker Taker, unfucking like, defeated. Yeah, he's like 3-0. and Yeah. Damn right. There uh, we go. Did, I will say that segment on Monday night was... Cena did his fucking best, 
But he's trying to get the crowd riled up. And true to form, this is an Atlanta fucking crowd for you. Even at their loudest, most hype, they're still like, oh, you know, you, yeah, yeah, let's see Undertaker. Come on, Taker. Yeah. Atlanta has, like, the worst sports fans in the country. I swear to God. Uh, but they were on full display for this thing. Go back and, like, any other arena in the country, that place is just rocking. And it was it was okay and nothing more than that in terms of the crowd reaction. There you go. Okay. The WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships Online as the Usos finally make it to the WrestleMania main card, unless The Rock shows up, as they take on The New Day <laughs> and the Super Smash Brothers. Now, me and Sal Just have... the Bludgeon co- Brothers, for those who are not familiar <laughs> with the show. Uh, yes, yeah, so me and Sal have chosen uh, the, the Wyatt family to, to finally get the Tag Team Championships off the Usos. Adam has chosen the Usos to retain. Who does Jason say? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bludgeon Brothers here. I think if you lose, if they lose here, then all the work you've put into sort of rebuilding these guys is out the window, and I just can't see them doing that. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with the, with these guys. And to, for my part, long overdue. These guys have been doing a fantastic job for a long time. Uh, as a tag team, I never thought they got their, their proper due uh, when they were in the Wyatt family. Uh, so I'm glad to see them finally getting it now. It, and we were all incredibly skeptical of this gimmick when it started, mm-hmm. uh, but I think they've done a really good job with it. It's still a little bit hokey, a little bit corny, with the masks and the robes and the you know druid sort of aspect of it. But it's working for some reason. It fucking works with these guys, and uh, they should definitely be rewarded with a tag team title. Well, there you go. All right, and the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships will be on the line as Sheamus and Cesaro, the bar, take on Braun and Brain Strowman. Now, <laughs> this, oh, God. I'm always, I'm, I'm of two minds on, on Braun Strowman whenever they do this shit with him. Because Apparently I don't, so is Braun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think Braun should be funny. I think he should just be a, a badass, but I also did enjoy him being like with his last line being he's a lot like me and then him just coming out in glasses and a shirt yes. and then what sold it was Corey graves uh yelling that's that's Braun strawman that's Braun strawman <laughs> uh getting so excited when Braun took off the shit and, and, and just brains as the name was tremendous yeah. like that was yeah. well thought out Exactly. Yeah, it, it it was funny, but like I said, I still don't think Braun should be funny. So uh, I tasked uh, everyone here with trying to figure out who Braun's tag team partner would be. Uh, Adam, in true to form, uh, decided to go with James Ellsworth and said, because fuck tag teams, uh, because, you know, that Cesaro and Sheamus are definitely a tag team that have been in the business for 10 years together. Uh, Sal also, or yeah, and, and Adam going with Braun and whoever his partner is to win the belts. Sal going with Braun, whoever his partner is, and he decided not to pick one because he's a dick. And I <laughs> have gone with Braun Strowman and the revitalized Bray Wyatt as his tag team partner. Hmm, that's an interesting choice. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I guess I'm going to be the lone voice of dissent here. I'm going to say Cesaro and Sheamus win the titles, uh, retain the titles. Um, I think you're changing the SmackDown tag titles. I don't think you're going to change both tag titles on the same show. Um, I also think Braun's tag team partner is going to be. 
I guess I'll go with Ellsworth as well, just because it's the easy selection, and it also gives um, Braun somebody to beat the shit out of and blame for the loss, uh, somebody who can lose the match without Braun having to take a pin or look in any way weakened. Um, while Braun's you know, beating the shit out of Cesaro outside, Ellsworth gets rolled up or something to that extent. Um, so I think it'll be something like that. Fair enough. And... Following along with that, we're going to go over to the ladies. As the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship is on the line, as Charlotte Flair takes on Asuka and her streak. Who do you believe will walk out of Mania as the SmackDown Women's Champion? I, I will get to my pick in a moment, but I'm, I'm curious about your pick. So why don't you go first? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I have picked Charlotte Flair to win and break Asuka's streak. Okay, elaborate, because I need to hear this. Okay. If you look at this card, there are too many title changes. And if you think about Charlotte, you know, every, everyone thinks that this is going to go a certain way. Everyone everyone knows that Asuka is winning this, this championship. Everyone knows that she's being crowned it. So what better way to actually build an actual feud between these two than to have Charlotte somehow sneak out a victory against the Empress of Tomorrow? And I think it builds a much better story than just having Asuka come over and continue this undefeated streak. Because you could even turn around here and make Charlotte Flair turn heel by cheating to beat Asuka and breaking her streak. Because a heel Charlotte Flair is what's best for business. Not not the face Charlotte Flair we've been getting. And this is a technically a face-versus-face match. So I think it would be much better if Charlotte cheats to win, retains her championship, and we get a sustained feud between these two and make them the center point of the SmackDown women's division. Okay. Um, Adam and Sale obviously going with the obvious choice of Asuka here. Um, allow me to – I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but allow me to make this my official prediction – uh, during this match, at some point, uh, Carmella is going to come out. She's going to knock Charlotte out with the briefcase, thus giving the disqualification. I'm sorry, she's going to hit Asuka. I'm sorry. Thus giving the disqualification win to Asuka, keeping the mm-hmm. streak intact, keeping the title on Charlotte. She will then, after the bell rings, hit Charlotte with the briefcase. She will then cash in, and Carmella will be your new SmackDown Women's Champion. That's my, okay. That's my official prediction. That's what I'm going with. Um, so I think Asuka wins. I think she keeps the streak alive. I think Carmella cashes in. I think we get a new champion. And I think Asuka goes back to Raw because I don't think she was ever designed to be a SmackDown talent. Okay. Um, I will say um, the most recent uh, uh, SmackDown here, Asuka and Charlotte Flair, I think my daughter put it best when she said, that girl talks funny. Um, Asuka. <laughs> uh, her, I, I love, I love, I love Asuka, but her over, her overselling in, in her, her speeches kind of bugs me sometimes. Um, I, I guess it's her character, but her, like, you, the Empress, I don't need all that extra shit after all of her stuff, but whatever. Um, so while we are on this topic, though, I guess this would be the spot to discuss the uh, mix match challenge finals that occurred oh, this week. Oh yeah, yeah, it was it was garbage. <laughs> like okay. I, like I said before, it 
them bringing the streak into it fucking ruined this yeah. for me. Yeah. And then. 100%. Uh, Actually, it was funny. I happened to catch a couple of comments on the side during the match, and there were more than one person who was saying that the streak being involved ruined this whole thing for me. It it did. And here's the other thing, too, is that her having the streak ruins commentary for the matches, too, because it's all they fucking talk about. Yeah. They just continue to harp about the fucking thing. And it, it, it's when Asuka's in the ring, it's about Asuka's working to keep her streak alive. If she's not, it's it's sitting there and they're going, oh, if, imagine if she loses it, the streak by this and all oh, the streak and oh, here's a fucking streak on your face. Like they will not shut up about it. And I, it makes it makes her matches unwatchable. Yeah. It makes it so I cannot enjoy the matches because they just won't shut the fuck up. Just talk about what's going on in the ring. It's almost like they've put more importance on Asuka's streak than on the championship, and the championship in a match like this should never be the secondary thing. Um, I will say I I was skeptical, and I hated the concept that they were going to have Asuka and Charlotte have some physicality prior to Mania. Uh, Watching it, I felt no different. In fact, I felt worse. I got viscerally angry watching them waste that moment uh, because the crowd was totally into it. And imagine that being 70,000 fans just chomping at the bit to see these two hook up. But now I've fucking seen it. That moment is gone forever. Yeah, you you kept them on different shows for that very reason. So that way the go-home show was the first time that they talked to each other. Right. In the ring, they didn't even they didn't even even come in contact with each other. They just talked. So yeah, having having them face off, they should have just had Charlotte had Bobby Roode get beaten by Finn Balor. Honestly, yeah. And because then you you could have turned around and been like, okay, well they're not going to face each other then well, on the next match. Challenge. All you or had keep to her do. out. She got injured. She got injured. Keep right. her out. <laughs> or all you had to do was have Becky Lynch take the pin. And then when it's not Charlotte, you know, Oscar could say, oh, I beat your team in mixed match. Well, I wasn't even there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's all you had to do. And you had the perfect out. And you could even use it to build sort of more anticipation for this match. I just, I will not fucking forever understand this I, this decision. Right. And and you can't even really say, like, oh, putting Finn and Sasha in the final would have, would have not been something building to WrestleMania because Finn and the Miz are facing each other at right. Mania. Yeah. So you still had a built-in storyline there. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you. They they completely shit the bet on this, and they made it so that we're probably not going to get a second Mixed Match Challenge because uh, yeah. I think so many people kind of checked out as soon as, like you and me, it started getting ruined by the whole Asuka streak thing. Um, but then also, like like we said, you know, you can go back and listen to us when we first started talking about the first couple of matches, how excited we were for this and how we were like, oh, it's it's great because it's like it's it's kind of, you know, it was out, non-canon. Out, it was great. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was non-canon. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, no, wait, now it is. Yeah. Like they were talking about it on fucking Raw. Like, OK, well, now now you're ruining it. Right. So, uh, you know, speaking of things is, that are, this is why we can't have nice things. WWE, that's true. Right here. Yeah. Speaking of things that are not going to be nice, the Raw Women's Championship is on the line as Alexa Bliss takes on Nia Jax, and I refuse to believe that Nia Jax is winning this championship. I'm with you. I I, <laughs> I think this is everything is lined up beautifully for Nia Jax to win. I think that because this is WWE, I think in the end the bully in this scenario gets the win. I think you're going to see a heavy dosage. Of uh, Mickey James, I think you could see the debut of another female talent or other female talents. It wouldn't shock me if Alexa Bliss is aligned with the iconic girls and sort of forming a stable. Um, I, I could totally see scenarios like that. 
Uh, what I cannot see for the life of me is where they go if they put the title on Nia Jax. I don't. Uh, yeah. Nobody, nobody cares about her. And I don't, I don't see a contender for her to work with. Mm-mm. I mean, she could do a, a brief program with Alexa, but again, you're talking about a huge size differential between these two. And despite the fact that Alexa's playing the bully, she is visually the underdog here. Yeah. So that works when she's the champion. It doesn't work as much when she's the heel trying to chase the bigger champion. Yeah. I, I think that you're going to see uh, Alexa cheat to win, and then Naya is able to stand tall by beating the shit out of her after the match, so sure. that, you know, the the underdog in this match, so to speak, uh, gets her kind of, her, her you know, gets gets to have, or the bully gets his comeuppance kind of thing. By the way, I, for all the shit uh, we heard Mickey James complain years after the Piggy James angle about, she doesn't seem to have any problem calling Naya fat as part of this angle. Well, that's because Naya's fat. <laughs> well, sure, but the problem—it's not you know—you're not worried about body positive at this point. It's just as long as it's not Mickey the one being called fat, she's fine with it. Uh, it's kind of typical worker mentality, though, on some of these people. Uh, you know, they 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 have an issue. You know, when it's when it's their own kind of thing, or you know, but when when it's other people, is ah, oh, well, whatever, they're fine. Yeah, no, I just hadn't heard that hypocrisy pointed out, and I figured it bared mentioning. Yeah, um, I, I will say that the uh, that the asshole twins have gone with Nia Jax as winning this one. So, um, but and they're going to be wrong. Marks. So. <laughs> Fucking marks. <laughs> uh, again, like you. So so far, let's see what we got here. All right, hate to pick on you, Adam. Kidding, I do. I love to pick on you. Um, but he yeah, well, has... he should have come on the fucking show tonight. So that's right. Um, looking at his picks, he has. Two championships staying the same and the rest changing hands. Oh, sorry, three cruiserweight championship. Sal has, let me see. Um, um, Sal has every single championship changing hands at <laughs> WrestleMania. So that's, you know, the way that me and you, I know, are picking on this, are thinking of the show as a whole. Right. Uh, on you know, like they've got to have, you know, we're not just picking. Oh well, you know, got to have to have. We want this guy to win because they're fan favorite and stuff like that. No, no, you have to have some heels win, and yeah, you're gonna have some title changes because it's mania, but you've also got to have some people retain. Right. Which is exactly why I have chosen Randy Orton to retain the U.S. Championship against Bob Rube, transgender <laughs> Mahal, and Rusev Day. Before I get to this, can I can I just say something real quick? Because I saw this interesting <laughs> sort of note today. Uh, Mm -hmm. that I think is interesting enough to mention. Uh, Go back one year, just one year in time, and think about WrestleMania. And you had five male singles champions that went into WrestleMania. You had your universal champion, Goldberg, not on the card. Your WWE champion, Bray Wyatt, (laughs) not on the card. Your United States champion was um, uh, Chris Jericho. Not on the card. Your Intercontinental Champion, Dean Ambrose, not on the card, though that one's due to injury more than anything else. And your Cruiserweight Champion was Neville, not on the card, not in the company currently. Well, about that. Well, but that the, the five singles champions from last year, not, not one of them's on the fucking show this year. Yeah. That's got to be, that That just sort of blew my mind when I saw that. Anyway, okay, now that we're done with that, uh, back to this, this U.S. title match. Um, I am going to go and, and, you know, 
I'm going to probably kick myself in the ass for this one. I think we can all agree we can cross Jinder off the list right now. He ain't winning this fucking thing. I think that's fairly obvious. They just okay. took the title off Rude. I don't think he's going to get it back. Um, the story did come out either today or yesterday, and I forget which one it was. And I had, you know, it's unconfirmed. Who the fuck knows? But that Rusev originally was not supposed to be in this match, was supposed to be in the Battle Royal, basically mm-hmm. went to management and requested his release. Said, listen, I- I'm over as fuck. You guys have clearly decided you're not going to do anything with me. Um, so I'd-, I'd like to just sort of go somewhere where I can, you know, make some money on the indies, get in the mm-hmm. ring, be on TV, blah, blah, blah. Um, the Impact Champion. Yeah. yeah. Well, because if he left, that's what they do. Um, but... Immediately following that request, apparently they decided, oh, no, no, we had plans. We're going to put you in the U.S. title title match, uh, mm-hmm. which reeks to me of let's just put the fucking title on him and keep him happy for right now. So I'm going to say Rusev wins this match. I think it'll pop the crowd. Uh, for me, this is the opener of the show because there's there's the least amount of interest in this match than any other match on the show. Plus, I think you can pop the crowd by opening with Aiden English coming out to in the Rusev Day intro. Um, but, I, I yeah, I'm going to say Rusev wins. I actually think this is the piss break match, but I, I could see your way too. I actually think that Braun Strowman's going to open this the the WrestleMania because that's be. But keep I think, in mind I they're probably going to be Braun. Okay, but they're going to probably be coming off of the Cruiserweight Championship match, so they're going to want something that's a little bit of a contrast to that. Uh, and, and this match, you don't you don't think a Haas match between Cesaro, Jesus Christ, Cesarian section, Sheamus, Braun, and Bray Wyatt? Is enough of a change from the Cruiserweight style? Well, but it, it's one of those things where the crowd... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, fair point. Anyway, it doesn't matter what the match order is because nobody's going to remember that anyways. I mean, pretty much every match on this card is for a fucking title or has a celebrity, you know? Because <laughs> John, John Cena counts as a celebrity now. I, I know that. Um, the, the way I look at it, though, is that uh, this WrestleMania feels a lot more normal. Doesn't it? It it feels like we've kind of left that era where WrestleMania was about the casual fans and about you know, uh, you know, celebrity appearances stuff like that. This feels a lot more like it's for wrestling fans because you've got Styles and Nakamura, you know, you've got more attention placed on actual storylines on things, something like that. Uh, and really, Ronda Rousey is the only one that you know is is kind of the you know yeah. we need to. Celebrities in the show. I will grant you, this is very, very different. There's not, we talked about last week, there's really no stipulation matches. There's really no celebrity involvement. There's there's very little sort of prestige other than the name. It's like they're letting WrestleMania itself sell things this year rather than sort of the ancillary, you know, showmanship that they typically bring to it. There's no Al Roker. There's mm-hmm. no, oh, there is, nope, there's no Maria Menounos. No. Uh, so there's really just nothing. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll probably get Kid Rock. Yeah, probably. Does this feel like a like a? This just sort of feels to me like the next pay per view. This doesn't feel so much like WrestleMania. Like, it, maybe it's just something to do with the build. Like, I I for a year now I wanted AJ Styles and Nakamura in this match at this event. But since mm-hmm. Nakamura won the Royal Rumble, I feel like there's been almost no importance placed on that match. The most important thing coming out of SmackDown is the general manager and the, the commissioner match, which, which I think is, is very misguided and I think makes that, that match between Styles and Nakamura sort of feel less than uh, in the buildup. 
I just you can go up and down this card, but it feels like very little of this has had really good build to it. Yeah. Uh, also, I think that this is kind of a precursor for things to come because you've got nine titles on the line and three matches that are non-title matches for you know that that don't have a title involved in it. And I think that's what we're going to start seeing in a lot of these pay-per-views where you're not going to have as many storylines built around just matches. You're going to have because of the fact we're just not going to have room on the card for a lot of things. Well, well so, I can tell you we're not we're going to there's going to be two fewer title matches on the the Greatest Royal Rumble card. So true, yeah, it's very true. But that's not that's not a you know a, a, <laughs> an actual quote unquote well, review like we're going to be getting and, soon. But and bear in mind we're talking now there are strong rumors of tag team cruiserweight titles and either a tag team women's title or some other secondary title with the women, too. So now we're talking about adding a lot of championships here. And and a lot of the times, I think what we're going to start seeing, because we are going to you know dual-branded pay-per-views, you're going to start seeing a lot more title changes happen on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, it's because because it's going to be very hard for them to continue to build these things and get everything on the card. Mm-hmm. So you're not going you you're probably going to have a lot of guys you know suffer in terms of guys that aren't in title pictures. You know that used to be able to find ways onto the card. You know you're not going to have Ty Dillinger have a random fucking match against Baron Corbin on the pre-show anymore because the pre-show is going to be where the cruiserweights live and probably the women at some point in time too. See, to me, the biggest problem this company has right now is that they're building new stars. They are. Say what mm-hmm. you want. They're, they're absolutely building new stars. They have a pipeline of incredible young talent coming up or, or you know, new to the product talent down in NXT coming up. But the problem is they're, they continue to bring more people onto the roster and not thinning the roster out. Right. We're still looking at a WrestleMania with John Cena and The Undertaker. We saw Kane in a 14-minute main event on SmackDown not long ago. Randy Orton's still hanging around. There's just yep. it, It's time to start transitioning those guys out, transitioning them to other roles. Um, they don't really fit, and, and I, I mean no disrespect by this, but it's sort of time to start building those next stars because – in 10 years, who are the guys that you're going to bring back for WrestleMania to pop a number? Yeah. Because you don't have a John Cena on the current roster. You don't have a Goldberg on the current roster. You don't have that guy that's of that caliber and of that level that you can bring him back. You know, I don't need to see Triple H at WrestleMania anymore. I don't need to see Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. And I respect the hell out of both of these guys, but it's just this is not a we need to get past that idea we need to make we need to stop relying on the past stars and start focusing on fucking actually making the future stars and that has been a huge problem for this company of late right not to mention the fact with with the new way that they are doing things with bringing in a lot of these independent guys the days of them signing a 20-year-old guy fresh off the streets and building him up and making him into the next giant star have kind of ended. Because you look at the at the main guys right now on this card, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor, you know, Bobby Roode, those guys are all pushing 40 or already 40, you know. So you're already going to have them having shorter runs than, you know, like John Cena, Randy Orton, Batista, guys like that who started off very young and had sustained 10, 15-year runs. But all so, came through developmental. 
Yeah. So they, they came through that generation's version of NXT. And if you right. look up and down this card, Owens and Zayn, NXT, uh, mm. Usos, NXT, uh, Wyatt Family, NXT, Braun Strowman, eh, borderline NXT, Cesaro, NXT, um, Charlotte, Asuka, both NXT, Alexa and Nia, both NXT, uh, Rude, NXT, Jinder Mahal, NXT, Rusev, Rusev, NXT, Seth Rollins, NXT, Finn Balor, NXT, Nakamura, NXT, and Roman Reigns, again, borderline. Um, he was on there before he was in the Shield. Yeah, but he wasn't a focal point. He was, he was no. sort of a, yeah. Um, but so this, the pipeline is working. The system is working. And mm-hmm. but but none of these guys are none of these guys or girls are really being built as megastars. Something about the way and, and, you know, maybe it has to do with the 50 50 booking and nobody feeling special or important and everybody just feeling like another guy. I don't know. I don't really know what the reason is. But yeah. I look at these guys and and as incredibly talented as they are, they don't just they don't strike that chord aj styles does and maybe to a degree nakamura but i think that has more to do with their accomplishments in other places than in wwe yeah and you know you also can look at it as well as here you've got brock lesnar the miz and randy orton as three of your big champions and they shouldn't be you know the miz definitely his time as the nxc as the ic champion needs to probably be done yeah. because you know he's you know we we love the miz he's he's a great work and everything of like that but at this point like he should know, be going what, for a heavyweight title somewhere yeah he should be going for the heavyweight title or he should be used as a way to put over younger guys i wouldn't um, even and, go that way i think he's on the hottest run of his career i think he's 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 done as much as he can do in the mid card it's time to elevate him it's yeah. time to trust him it's time to make him a top guy Right. Uh, I know they they're probably a little apprehensive because of what happened last time they made him a top guy in terms of the ratings, but it's a different era. It's a different guy. If you put let, let's just say for the sake of argument, at the shakeup you move Miz back to SmackDown, you put that SmackDown heavyweight championship on him, and you have him run a program with Daniel Bryan. You tell me that's not one of the biggest programs of the year. Right. Right. It's just all there for you. The fact that you have, and we haven't even gotten to this match yet officially, but the fact that you have The Miz, Seth Rollins, and Finn Balor on a WrestleMania card, and they're all fighting for a secondary championship. Mm-hmm. That tells you there's something wrong here, man. <laughs> like, Yeah. Well, and, and we're going to get to it, but at least we, we know that we are getting the Universal Championship back. Um, so... We should start seeing some guys at Raw maybe get a chance to to uh, to get on the top, but you know you look at it, you know Braun probably should have won that belt a couple months ago. Joe should have uh, won the belt. Yeah, Joe definitely should have won the belt. Although his injury history might start catching up to him now, yeah, and that that worries point. me a little bit. Um, but yeah, you like I said, you look at it again. Seth Rollins definitely should have should have had this belt at some point in time, other than taking with fucking Jason Jordan. Uh, Finn Balor definitely should have at least got, got an opportunity at it, <laughs> considering right. things happened. Yeah, you had a uh, built-in fucking storyline for to make Finn Balor feel special and important and like a top guy, and instead he was just doing goofy shit. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, let's get this uh, train back on the tracks here. <laughs> Sorry. The uh, the icy belt is on the line as the Miz takes uh, on Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. <laughs> um. So Adam has chosen the Miz to retain, and I 
and Sal have chosen Finn Balor to become the new IC champion. Who does Jason see? I really don't know. Um, I, I could make a case for anyone in this match. Given that they had Seth win the match on Monday night, I'm going to exclude him from this one, which for me brings it down to Balor or Miz. Uh, I'm going to say that Miz retains. Again, we've talked about all the massive amounts of title changes. I think Miz holds on to it. I think he can lose it in a one-on-one match down the road, uh, but I think there's a better story to be told. Uh, with Balor or Rollins costing each other the match and Miz sort of being the, you know, chicken shit heel sneaking in the back door and somehow walking out with the title. All right. Plus, Miz and, has uh, had a pretty good track record at WrestleMania, so. That's true. He's got a new streak. Um, <laughs> and least, we, you know, lot last, last year he lost, but. Shh, you know, shh, he did beat John Cena in the main event of WrestleMania. I don't know if you heard true. about that. Uh, then he lost in a mixed tag match to John Cena. Right. I, I blame uh, R-Truth. That's true. Um, <laughs> and we have our two main titles as AJ Styles will take on Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE Championship. And I'm going to go ahead and ask you who you think and see if you are going against who everyone else is picking. I am going against who everyone else is picking. Uh, I think AJ Styles keeps the title here. I don't think, based on what I'm seeing in terms of the booking... I don't think they have the trust in Shinsuke to carry that title. Um, I think they have far more trust in Daniel Bryan. I'm sorry, in AJ Styles. I am not sure who he's facing going forward. I think the shakeup could bring us whoever his next challenger is going to be over from Raw. Uh, I could see a heel Seth Rollins coming over and feuding with AJ. Um, but I, I, I just I have a hard time seeing Vince trusting Nakamura yet. I don't think Nakamura's given you that, you know, five-star quality match that you need to see from him. I don't think, obviously, he doesn't have the promo uh, work there. The character work is, is, is good, but it, it's sort of a niche character that attract, appeals to a lot of the indie talent. But I don't know what appeals to the mainstream fan. I think this match is put on this card, and as much as I love it, I think it's put on the card to sort of offset. This is the this is the smart main event, and the the casual main event is the other championship match, and I think that was done very much by design. I think AJ holds onto the title. All right. Not that you would know this match is taking place because they barely fucking promoted it on the show. Well, to be honest, Shinsuke pretended to hit uh, AJ Styles with a Kinshasa, and then AJ Styles pretended to hit him with a phenomenal forearm, and both of them petted each other on the head and stuck their dicks in each other's mouths. So that at least part there was some I really enjoyed. That was great, but I <laughs> yeah. feel like there wasn't enough sort of telling that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they because they want to have both these guys come out of this match as faces as well. So they didn't want to have either one of them kind of do heelish tendencies to each other and anything like that to you know do something here right i could totally uh, see an aj heel turn here that's always possible yeah because we're not getting a shinsuke heel turn let's be honest nope. all right and uh, will what will most likely be our main event uh wb brock's bitch mr mcmahon's part-time bitch also known as the universal oh, championship oh yes yes the universal champion brock lesnar will take on roman reigns and me, Adam, and Sal have all chosen a bitch to win Brock's bitch's belt. Who does Jason see yeah, as the universal champion coming out of here? It's Roman, let's be honest. This is not 
even in doubt. Um, and this is the problem sort of booking everything a year out is that we all knew what was coming. We all knew where this was going. We all knew the story. We all knew where. Here's my biggest issue, though. So this week on Raw, we're back to telling the story of Brock being McMahon's boy. Like, we did that three weeks ago. We never fucking told that story again. For two straight weeks, we left it alone. Now we're back to telling that story again this week. There's no fucking continuity here. Why is Kurt Angle the one coming out and telling Roman Reigns he's, he's you know suspended or telling Roman Reigns to get out of there when he comes through the crowd? That should have been McMahon. Instead, you made Kurt Angle look fucking toothless while he's gearing up for a match at WrestleMania. You made It made no fucking sense to do this. If you're going to tell the Vince McMahon part of this story, fucking run with it. Don't half-ass it. Don't do it. It was actually really compelling when they started doing it. And then it stopped. And the crowds turned back on Roman. They were with Roman a little bit when he was against Vince. And then... Just, then you gave him, oh no, it's not, Brock's not really with Vince, Brock's just beating the shit, he, Brock's a destroyer, he's beating the shit out of Roman. Then the crowd went back to Roman. Then, you notice this week, they started to tell the story, at least in the, the pre-match, the, the post the videos and stuff like that, that, that Roman was fighting for the, the everyday competitor, the every, the every week talent. And uh, that, you know, they started to tell the story again of the McMahon part with Brock, and if you notice this week, crowd was more behind Roman. Mm-hmm. This is a fucking hard formula to discover. For whatever reason, they decided, hey, we're going to shit gold, and then eh, we'll just throw it back in the river and make some more of this fucking steel. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, this this build again has been, you know, I kind of spoke about it last week, where I you know, said, you know, they they needed to have Roman get his heat back a little bit. They did, but again, like you said, it it's it's really kind of been it's everyone knows what's going to happen. It's it's like you know watching the movie Titanic. You're just like the boat's going to fucking sink. I don't know how it's gonna gonna go down. Like, yeah, there might be some boobs along the way. That'll be cool, but you know, you still know what's going to happen at the end of it. Chocolate titties? Yeah, chocolate titties. I don't think they were. I don't think they allowed black people in the Titanic. Um, we did get Dana Brooke on Raw this week. That's true. That's the yes, thing. Did. That's the thing yeah. that happened. That was the thing that happened. Yes. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it for our predictions. Uh, make sure to our, our uh, go the fuck home episode of yeah. I go the fuck home episode. Yep. Uh, so what's, let's see what's going on around the independent circuit here. As Liberty States Wrestling returns on Saturday evening, April 7th, with Spring Shakedown. We'll see, uh, I guess they're, I don't know where they're at, but cause that's what it says. But all right, uh, the main event, main event will be a grudge match as the Liberty States Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Liberty States is at the John E. McCarthy Elementary School in Peabody, Massachusetts. That's where they hold every event. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, the main event will have be a grudge match for the Liberty States Heavyweight Championship as the self-made man burned by Callow defends against Retro Anthony Green. Both former sit-down guests. Yep. The Liberty States Some Limits title will be on the line as Nico Silva defends against Danny Miles. It will be a tag team special attraction as the fabulously unequaled team of Johnny Vegas and Todd Sopel take on the Heat, Christian Casanova, and Elia Markopoulos. 
Also appearing, Brett Domino, Seth Arin with Vanity Vixen, Top Shelf Troy Nelson, and many more. Tickets are just $10. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. with a bell time of 7. And if you are in the New England area, you should also check out LPW Lucky Pro Wrestling as they present Mayhem on Saturday, April 14th at the Elks Hall in Clinton, Massachusetts. Doors for this event open at 6.30. Live wrestling begins at 7.30 p.m. This match is going to be headlined by the LPW heavyweight champion, the selfie-made man, Vern Vicalo. Do you detect a theme? Accompanied by Jillian Lee as he takes on Scotty Slade, the LPW women's championship on the line as Adira defends against the dinosaur queen, Tara Cal. Away. The LPW Tag Team Champion, one half of the Tag Team Champions, Christian Casanova takes on Anthony Stone with Alicia Edwards. Jocelyn takes on Alicia Edwards in one-on-one competition. Tyler Nitro takes on Randy Sean. The Main State Posse takes on the Bitter Club in some tag team action. The Sweat Boy, Christopher James, along with Danica, takes on King Leon VI. We will have a special appearance and autograph session by former WWE announcer Matt Stryker. This is hosted by Connor Promotions. Tickets are on sale online at LuckyProWrestling.com or at the One Stop Shop in Clinton, Massachusetts. Once again, that is LPW Mayhem, Saturday night, April 14th. And ICW returns to La Lapica Lounge on yes. Thursday, April 19th for the 420 Classic. Don't think about it. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. Bell time is 7 p.m. Ringside is sold out, but second row and general mission are $15 and still available. A special attraction match is called Boom Boom Cabana takes on the Marman Mario Andrew Crivelli with Dana Adiva. The ICW world title will be online as the Greek franchise GQ Giannis takes on insane Chase McCoy. ICW Midway's title gauntlet will, will see the fabled one Aesop Mitchell against CW3, Sierra, Rock King, Mason, and Captain Spicoli. The ICW Tag Team Championship will also be online as Shoots and Wanderers, Scott Marciano and AC Riley, with Jason J. Take on the Holy Players, Jason Cash and Sean Priest. And a six-man tag team Anything Goes match will see Special Forces Corporal Robertson, Garrison Creed, and Blazin' Benjamin take on Jarrett Jacks, James Roadhouse, and Hot Topic Tyler Baggins. We will have a wicked Wisconsin death match as Pitstain takes on high-class villain Mo Foley with Rock King. Is it just me or does Pitstain take on the high-class villain Mo Foley at every fucking event? Pretty much. They have got a long-standing feud there. And we will also have a six-man tag team grudge match as Straight Hatred, Blackwell, and Cato, and Pitbull, Zach McGuire, take on Dysfunction, Jacob Hoffman, and the Milwaukee Mauler. And Brew City Wrestling returns to the Elks Lodge in Waukesha, Wisconsin on Saturday, April 21st with their Spring Slamboree. Bell time is 7.30, doors up at 6.45, tickets are ringside $20, advanced $16 using PayPal on BrewCityWrestling1.com, $18 at the door, and kids 10 and under are just $10. The Brew City Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship will be online as Tokyo Monster Kahagas with Kevin Sullivan takes on high-octane Onyx Andretti. A mixed tag team match is Funny Bone and Blue, Phoenix, Vanessa Azor take on Evil Dysfunction and Evil Sierra. Bruce City Wrestling Heritage Championship will be on the line as the Midwest Slayer. Stacy Shadows takes on Tess Valentine, and there'll be more fandom money matches announced soon. Go to BruceCityWrestling1.com or follow them on Twitter, BCW1, for more information. And Elk Mania Productions present A Nightmare on Bow Street, a family-friendly wrestling Elks on a family-friendly pro wrestling fundraiser for the Northeast Animal Shelter. The event will take place on Saturday, April 28th at the Beverly Salem's Lodge 
of Elks in Beverly, Massachusetts. Doors open at 6.30 with a bell time of 7. If you haven't purchased tickets yet, they are available at Silver Moon Comics and Collectibles in Salem and the Paper Asylum in Beverly. Tickets are $10 in advance or $12 at the door. Tickets can also be purchased in advance online for $12. Well, that's kind of dumb. At squareup.com slash store slash proving dash ground dash brand. Already announced the all-star Wait, so champion. Can be purchased in advance at one place for $10 and purchased in advance online for $12? Yep. That makes no sense. Yep. Okay. The all-star champion, the maniacal Jack Kruger, defends his title against everyone's favorite meta-human supervillain, insane Dick Lane. Which is really Wait. a thing. Yep. The Bay State champion, Derek Simonetti. Simon- Simonetti will defend the title against Alexander Lee. Also, Derek Conway chases vengeance when he takes on the man who literally stabbed him in the back and was probably <laughs> escaping police right now, Kevin Giles. The, oh boy. The Middlesex Express with Chad Epic. Epic. Epic? Epic, yeah. That's not how you spell it. Defend the New England Tag Team Championship against the Maine State Posse. They're pulling double duty here. Absolutely. The Widow Belmont, that's a cool new, new name for Mistress Belmont, will collide with Delilah Hayden in a women's showcase match. Tough Talk Tony Spencer will take on Theodore J. Liffington <laughs> to determine who is the strongest man in the room. And more. Maybe it's Liftington. That would make more sense. If they're well, it's, it's, the strongest man, you know. Yes, but it says Liffington. So I, if well, if it's Liftington, then uh, Adam needs to change that yes, and add a T. Because Lord knows none of these indie promotions would ever have a fucking typo. We had a promotion two weeks ago that had the wrong fucking year, dude. Like, well, you know, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> so that does it for the rundown for this Thursday, April fifth, two thousand eighteen. It has been one full month since the Mix Max Challenge mattered. Like us on Twitter at Rundown Podcast. Our Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Podcast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling or email the show rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail 617-863-6967 at 61rundown7. And we are on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron. There are two reward levels. The Rundowner, which are $5 a month, grants you one patron-only episode of The Rundown each month. Adam, thanks for dropping the ball on that one. And Rundown Mania for $10 a month, which grants you a guest hosting spot on any of our Rundown shows, but nobody really wants to do that. Also, all patrons will receive early access to shows on the Rundown feed. I can assure you that there will be an episode from Adam tomorrow, because he's recording tomorrow. Check out the Slash Sanitarium if you are a fan of horror. <laughs> you like that? Listen to our friends, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, and Mike Crackett on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing with new podcasts every Monday. Go to Facebook.com slash the WPAN or the WPAN.com. Check out our friend Justin Michaels on his show, Yes, Justin Waltz on Tough TV. Go to ToughTV.com to stream it live. Subscribe to the Wrestling Rundown Wrestling Podcast to hear your other shows, NXT Revisited, The Rundown Sit-Down, WrestleMania Salvation, uh, eventually Glowstick, and the Nitromania podcast. Yeah, and allow me to say that the sit-down will be back, uh, as those of you who follow it last year are aware, when my son's Little League season starts, it's tough for me to find time. And this year I've taken on the mental of head coach for his Little League team, which gives me even more free to, even less free time to coordinate and execute interviews. But I will be trying to get something up, hopefully, pretty soon. All right. Follow us on Twitter at jstuart0920, J-S-T-U-A-R-T. Me at RockstarTroy. Uh, Sal at Taz, or WrestleMania Salvation, whatever the fuck his, his Twitter is. Uh, I think it's the, at Taz, I'm pretty sure. Oh, at Taz, okay. Yeah. Uh, Adam at the Selzer Effect. Thanks to all of follow, you for listening. Follow Troy's baby at crying in the background.com. Yeah, I'm trying to get through this. <laughs> Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Jason. 
speaks greatly to your parenting how long you've just allowed her to cry about it. It's a, she's a baby. She's fine. It's like, right. you're, you're Gerber in her, right? That's just... Yes. I'm, I'm trying to wean her off of waking me up every two fucking hours. Yeah, it's, it's cool. I'm not, I'm not judging, man. I'm just saying. All right. All right. I've, been, week, I've been there. Next week, we bring you WrestleMania recap and NXT, you know, takeover recap as well. Yes. And we will have a full list of all the reasons why nobody else on the feed can appear on the show next week. Yes. Yes. I will make sure to compile that. <laughs> So with that, bye-bye. See you next Thursday. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created and subsequently abandoned by Adam Salzer and is produced and edited by Jason Stewart. This episode was hosted by me and Jason. We are a member, you think, of the Questionable Endeavor Endeavor Network. Check out all of our other shows, including the Sasha Sanitarium and sometimes with Scotch and the Shadowbane Podcast, as well as the rest of our shows. Tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast.